When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. I'm Taylor Haas. You're Julianne Pelusi. We're back after quite some time. Julianne, you're the new co-host. Um, this episode, I mean, we're just we're just going to talk about who you are, what we're doing with the podcast, because um, it's not a new podcast. You're new to it. I feel like you and I are going to take it in a uh, new direction. Wait, so uh, we're, we're doing this? We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> we're doing this thing. I'm so glad. Okay. All right. I'm so, so glad you agreed to be my co-host. But Julian, tell the people who you are. <laughs> well, I'm Taylor's friend. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what it's I tell everybody. <laughs> and then when you come to my places, you're Julianne's friend. So exactly. now <laughs> we have to go from like Taylor's friend, Julianne's friend to, oh my gosh, who actually are we besides each other's friends? <laughs> and uh, so I'm Julianne. Hello, everybody. And I am the second half of podcast on Fifth Ave. I'm so excited to be joining everybody and uh, bringing some good penguins and hockey news to you all with a lot of fun and a lot of good interviews. So for the last um, two and a half extra years, um, I've been in Buffalo covering the Sabres and now I'm moving on to a next venture. So I will keep you posted on that very soon. Uh, before that, the six years before that, I um, was in Steubenville, Ohio. So I was right outside of the Pittsburgh. So I got to like cover the Penguins to Stanley Cup runs in 16, 17. It also was covering the coast. So it's like you get a little bit of flavor with everything. And uh, Taylor and I became friends through those runs. And uh, we've been friends ever since. And I, I honestly, Taylor, like I can't, big T. I, uh, <laughs> big T, I can't believe that we haven't done a podcast before now. We should have done a Nailers one back in the day. Huge. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm, our people in Wheeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I mean, cause like we talked about, you have a, you have a TV background, so you're good at doing these kinds of Things talking, I uh, admit that you know, doing the intros to segments and closing segments, you know, I, I was doing that before. I, I think I'm horrendous at it. That's not my strength. My strength is talking about hockey. Um, so that intro I did for the for this this episode, that's the last that's one. That's not the do. end. No, we're going to get you there. <laughs> oh and God. you are going to do at least one an episode. I want everybody to hold Taylor accountable. Like, look at me, guys. Look at me. We're holding Taylor accountable that she is going to do at least one intro between our three segments oh. uh, each week. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, oh, it's, shoot, it's the I getting just, out uh, of it. I, you're good. It, it's the getting out of the it. Podcasting. I think that's, that's hard. But it, and you have to do that, too. You got to do that once a mm. week. As far as like a, a new direction, we're, we're going to be having more guests on. So like when I was doing this before with um, Danny and then even before that with, with Jen and Jordan, it was kind of just hard with our schedules to schedule guests. Because I mean, you got to you gotta sync up our schedules and then you got to, you know, plan ahead, get someone on. We've kind of gone over that. I think it'll be much easier with us. We already have um, our next two weeks worth of, of interviews done. Um Kevin Acklin, the Penguins president of business operations. We had him on um, very long chat. So the first part of that is going to be in the third segment of this episode. 
Uh, and then where we talk about, you know, all things penguins business. Uh, and then the second, uh, oh, business and also, no, we have a <laughs> naked cowboy riding down the street in South Oakland who might be Kevin Acklin noticed by Dan Marino as a, when, when Kevin was, a <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I, I mean, that's, we got a good story. Yeah. yeah there, there's some good stuff in there. Nobody um, else has that. <laughs> no. And then, I mean, you're just gonna have to subscribe because next week is the second half of Kevin's interview with us where we talked about all things Yarmar Yager and what he's doing. It's like he has this passion project to restore Yager's relationship with the city. Um, and it's really cool. There's some, I mean, some good information, some good news in that too. So, uh, yeah, I think so. And I think it like also might kind of restore relationships outside of Yarger too. that, like what the penguins are doing and how they want to honor the past. And they're kind of questioning have we done enough so far? So that's really exciting about what we talked about with Kevin. And, but like he talks so much about Yager in our second episode. <laughs> so we're excited to share that with you. Yeah. I think uh, this will be the best iteration of the podcast yet. Just, you know, I think our strengths, they're, they're different. We bring different things. And I mean, you're not just some, random from buffalo i found a cover of sabers you're you're from pittsburgh originally like, no i'm a i'm a random no. i'm actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm an alien uh i'm new yeah. to earth yeah. um no so i'm from pittsburgh i grew up and lived here um i was in a small town in uh Steubenville, ohio for the first six years of my career outside of college where i went to university of maryland and i covered the wheeling Naller. so you know what like no better way to like get yourself into the hockey market than starting in the coast right yeah like <laughs> and we're gonna we gotta go back to the coast uh fairly often i mean derek army uh he's going back to like the past um iterations of podcasts on fifth avenue he's the he's the career leader in guest spots guest interviews He'll come on. So we're not going to go this season without having Derek Army. I mean, come on. We're going to have like, Derek Army on every other. I covered <laughs> Derek Army when he was like 24. So like not same. showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> no, same. I, I, I covered Derek when he was, when he was a player. Um, I did, I did a couple interviews with him when he was down there. Now he's coaching. So yeah, we'll, we'll have him back on uh, all the oh. time. We, we have some, I mean, we have some good guests lined up already in addition to yeah. the I guess, yeah. like, I don't know which ones we can I don't want to tease. Yet, I don't but <laughs> we don't want to be a tease. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin Acklin is coming up first, weeks one and two. Um, we also have um, ESPN's John Bujagras coming up with us this season. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you do have any questions for... Uh, Bucci Maine? Yeah, Bucci Maine is like what I call him. Um, I, I call him John like he's my grandma. I'm his like grandma. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like call people by their first names. But uh, yeah, Bucci Maine, we're going to have him on. And uh, so any questions that you have for him. And we're going to have a lot of cool uh, interviews moving forward. And we also want to know from you guys, um, who are some people that are Pittsburgh based, uh, that you'd be excited to hear from, uh, in the NHL world and, uh, what we can do for you. Cause we're here for you. Yeah. And, uh, weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And, uh, episodes dropping new Saturday, every Saturday, like always, um, YouTube, if you want to see the video version, and then if you just want to listen to it anywhere, you listen to podcasts. So that's not going to change. But uh, I'll I'll do one one sign off of this of this segment before we take a break and then I come oh, back. Oh shoot! Okay. So we're gonna okay we're gonna take a ba break. See, I already screwed it up. We're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back with some actual hockey talk. So stay with us. Taylor said she is done with say goodbye. Welcome back. So welcome back to podcast on Fifth Ave with Taylor Haas, Julianne Pelusi, and uh, Taylor. We are getting in 
to the preseason and you've been at practice with a lot of the prospects there uh, this week in Cranberry. Uh, what have you seen so far and what should we see, uh, be excited to see heading into camp from the guys that are there in Cranberry right now? Yeah, and I, I mean, say uh, in Cranberry because I'm right. They're right behind me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Penguins have been having um, informal skates for for a little while now. I don't know exactly when they started because they are informal. They're not uh, like PR doesn't tell us when to when to show up. Um, I'm just kind of showing up at Cranberry and hoping guys are on the ice. Uh, when I first started going, there were 20 guys in town. Um, these past couple of days, it's it's hit over 50. So that is like the NHL guys, and then that's um, the prospects. Initially, they were together when there's a few guys. Now there's enough that there are two separate practices. There's like an, an NHL group, um, and then a prospect kind of depth guys uh, group from Wilkes-Barre. It's not the kind of environment where you can really make a whole lot of assessments. For um, sure. You know, there's no there, – coaches aren't out there. Ty Hennis is – he's the assistant coach, but he's also, like, the skills coach. And then uh, goalie coach Annie Kyoto is out there. It's fr- I is mean, there something that's caught your eye so far? Yeah, I mean, the the thing for me is that, that stood out initially is Sam Pulam, um, the former Penguins yeah. first-round pick. You know, he took most of last year off um, – for, I mean, he didn't play. He, he wasn't at the Wilkes-Barre to start. He did play a couple of games up in Pittsburgh. And then he took most of the year off for mental health reasons. And then, uh, so right now, it's just about getting back up to speed. Just looking at him in that environment, it doesn't look like he's lost a step conditioning-wise or, you know, just his hands. He, lo- he looks as good as ever. And then, you know, you t- we, we were able to talk to um, some players, he was at development camp, and then today they did have a prospects challenge that I covered, a prospects practice that I covered before they go to the prospects challenge. And, I mean, you talk to Pule, and he sounds um, like he's 100% mentally and, and physically. And he feels healthy. Yeah, he's healthy in both ways. Yeah. That's 100%. What's that's, that's what matters. 100 mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all that, that, that's, you know, number one. But then, I mean, number, number two, he... He, he got NHL games last year and he was a bottom six center. He didn't look out of place. Well, there are some depth uh, spots, but bottom six spots open. There's a lot of competition among the depth guys. I don't think we see him out of camp full time. Just because if you look at the, the, the six, the, the four lines, the, the centers, there's not really a spot for him and they do like him as a center. But I think... He has a good camp, good showing uh, in the preseason. Then maybe we see, and you know, and he plays well at Wilkes-Barre. Then maybe we see him as a call-up if injury happens. And then maybe we start talking about him being the actual fourth-line center in 2024-25 once Jeff Carter's contract comes to an end after so well, long. Yeah, Taylor, I mean, how much do you think with – this roster being so much older that these younger guys that we're going to see in the prospects challenge next week in Buffalo are going to be really important and uh, might have to kind of make a name for themselves this year, or it's kind of like <laughs> do well or bust. Yeah. So the, the prospects challenge, it starts, um, we're recording this Thursday. It, the first games uh, Friday, mm-hmm. We're dropping this on Saturday. There are games Saturday and then Monday. So by the time you see this, listen to this, there will still be games. Um, yeah, we did left. not mention that at all. <laughs> <laughs> there will still be games left left to watch. Um, and it, I know it's, the Penguins just announced today that they're going to be streaming on their website. So um, you actually be able to see it. And then I'll obviously have coverage on DK Pittsburgh Sports because I'm going to to Buffalo. I think if you look at this group that is going to Buffalo, there aren't a ton of guys that we might see in Pittsburgh uh, this year. I think, cause I think a lot of the call-ups, you know, the possibilities are the kind of older guys who will probably end up in most very like, like a rem pit, like those kinds of guys who aren't coming to, the, they're older than they're not a, a prospect. Um, but pull in, like I mentioned, he's going to be there. I think he's someone that maybe we see another, another guy uh, who stands out as someone on an NHL contract who maybe comes up in uh, of the skaters, Corey Danovsky. Um, he was a free agent signing out of out of Princeton last year. It was his first full year 
in Wilkes-Barre. I, if you're looking for a player comparison, I'd compare him to like an Anthony Angelo 2.0. Okay. Um, physical, just the quintessential bottom six winger. I, I think if they're looking for someone that has that kind of um, game to, to step in, like, like Angelo would, I don't think he's going to be a full-time NHL guy, maybe ever, but he's definitely someone that could come up and down when, when needed and step into that bottom six role and, and do fine. If, if I had to pick another one who maybe we see in the NHL at some point this year, um, Yul Blomquist, uh, the goalie, mm-hmm. former second-round uh, pick, he's – Making the move from Finland over to uh, North America this year, he's probably going to start in Wilkes-Barre. I, I would say, I mean, the way the, the goalie depth, you got Jari, probably Nedeljkovic in Pittsburgh, and then I'd say Helberg and Blomquist share the net in Wilkes-Barre, then probably their other goalie prospect, Taylor Gauthier, down in Wheeling with our friend Derek Army. Uh, Blomquist, is, you know, this is his, he's played two games in Wilkes-Barre before, at the end of the season, when his finished team gets eliminated, he comes over, hangs out in Wilkes-Barre. He's played a game in each of the last two seasons. It's not really good for evaluation because by the time that's happening, Wilkes-Barre's out of the playoffs. They're dressing all these new kids. It's not it's not a great game to like look at and really gain anything from it. Um, the thing with him is he missed uh, a good chunk of last season with two different concussions. Uh, one, uh, it was around October, and then the other one, it was like December, January, and then they shut him down for the rest of the regular season. Um, he was able to come back in the playoffs for his team in Finland. They got knocked out in the first round, and then that's when he came over. I mean, the Penguins goalie prospects, the top two, it's really a toss-up between Blomquist and Sergei Muratov, their fourth-round pick from last year. He's playing in Russia. Uh, either of those guys could be the, the future number one. I mean, they are legitimately good prospects. Murashov are probably not going to see for a while because he's Russian. And if you're following what the Russians are doing, what the KHL guys are doing with the their NHL drafted prospects, it doesn't look good. But Blomquist, I mean, he, I don't know, maybe he comes in and, and it, he's definitely going to start in Wilkes-Barre. But if there's an injury later in the season and you need to call someone up and he's just playing better than Helberg, then maybe he is the guy that, that comes up. It just uh, it depends on... On how he adjusts to the North American game, I know speed is, is a is a big thing. That's the biggest thing for goalies. I mean, the, the rink he's coming from in Finland, in Europe, they play on bigger sheets yeah. of ice. Yeah, 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 yeah. The game just happens It'll be different. Here. Yeah, for sure. It'll be different. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm looking for in this in this prospects. You know, it's his first kind of real, uh, and maybe not his first real games because he did have those two AHL games, but the first time, and maybe in person, we get to see him play on the smaller sheet of ice and how he does because he's he's someone that definitely has a high ceiling and i'm looking forward to seeing well taylor also like i'm curious like before we head into this season like what's the goalie tandem gonna look like up in pittsburgh and how do you think it will go uh with casey DeSmith headed out um how's it gonna look and do you think they can handle it before we go into camp and see just like a little preemptive yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's a given that, that Nedeljkovic is, is the backup and Helberg's and, and Wilkes-Barre. Um, that's how I'm guessing it, it plays out. I think either way, I think it's probably a step back from Casey. Um, I, I, it's a toss-up. It's hard because Nedeljkovic and Helberg, they're both coming from Detroit. Not a great team. Um, and last season, last season, Helberg started out in Detroit, I mean, Nadelkovich started out in Detroit. Helberg almost took the backup job from him in Detroit. So it's not that clear cut uh, who goes where. But I mean, the big ideally, you don't see either of them that much because Jari stays healthy. Um, and that that's that's the real question. I mean, he just got that new contract. He's coming off um, last season. Really, the entire season was marred by injury. Um, he suffered an injury in training camp. I, I started noticing it, um, that he was dealing with something. I want, it was like late October or maybe early November that, you know, normally when, when there's an optional morning skate, not everyone has to be out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there is only one goalie on the ice for an optional morning skate. And it's the guy who's not playing that night back around like late October, early November. 
it started being the case where Jari was missing an optional skate, but then they'd tell us he's playing that night, and then maybe you'd see him, you know, if we're on the road, and he's, oh, he's getting work done um, by an athletic trainer. So you're like, okay, he's obviously working through something. And then he started kind of missing starts that would be his, not because of performance, but because they're giving him the day off. And then it kind of all went downhill, and he's missing games, and then the injury happened in the Winter Classic. And um, the, the same injury bothered him all year. There's sometimes when the injury he had would affect another area of his body. And when that was happening is when he would, he would actually come out of the lineup. And it's not the type of thing where um, sitting out during the season was going to help. So like, cause I know people are saying like, well, why did Jari, if he, Jari was so banged up, why did he play the last game of the season in Columbus? It really didn't matter. It, it didn't make a difference either way. Um, he just kind of needed this full off season to work through it, rehab, really put some time in, in the gym. And it sounds like he's been doing that. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see uh, to you, where Jari is. But that that's prop. That's the main thing that I think is going to make or break the Penguins going into the season. Of course. And you got to wait and see on health. You got to wait and see how other guys uh, perform in the preseason, because again, it's not just a given that it's somebody's job. It's kind of a battle for number two and you got to have Jari healthy. So, um, but coming up, we have uh, Kevin Acklin, the uh, president of the team kind of talking about uh, a little bit on, um, you know, bringing Kyle Dubas in and what he's been able to do and what working with him has been like with the rest of the front office and how he's made changes for the Penguins. And we have a lot more uh, from Kevin coming up uh, this weekend, Taylor, right? Yeah. This, so this weekend we have uh, Kevin talking about working with Dubas, uh, some arena developments. Are we going to see those Vegas gold seats go away in the arena <laughs> because everybody is asking. And uh, also um, growing up down the street from Dan Marino, he is a Pittsburgh guy and Dan Marino has a very fun story, <laughs> a too much fun story about uh, growing growing up down the street with Kevin Acklin. So this is podcast on Fifth Ave. I am Julian Pelusi with Taylor Haas, and we will be right back. to podcast on fifth Ave with taylor haas and julianne pelusi and we are joined week one with kevin acklin as our guest kevin thank you so much for being here and we want to dive right in with fenway sports group kind of taking over penguins viewership for this season so what can you tell us about that what's going on well first and foremost i appreciate you both and uh, really excited to be here it's uh Hard to believe that uh, we're already here in uh, late September getting ready for the season. Uh, we had a, a very busy summer. Uh, when we started uh, untimely in, in, uh, back in April, we had three big things to accomplish this summer. Obviously, the new hockey operations leadership, uh, bringing Kyle here, great new energy, some really big changes on the ice uh, with some, some blockbuster trades, three-dimensional chess sort of how he put that stuff together. So really, really excited about the team uh, for this season. Uh, the second big lift for us uh, was uh, we made a, a ton of improvements uh, to the arena itself. We put $30 million of new investments in the arena, expanded Suite 66. We have a new Casamigos club, brand new scoreboard, LED system. So pretty much every game entertainment technology in PPG Paints is brand new this season. The scoreboard is three times the size of the last one, so it's huge uh, to be a Yenzer uh, language. Uh, but uh, so that was the second big thing that we got done, uh, finished that this week. Uh, and then to your question, uh, Julian, uh, the third big lift was, uh, you know, back in the spring, we got news that our RSN at AT&T uh, was looking at bankruptcy. So um, was a lot of hard work uh, working together with the Penguins team, the folks up at Nesson, uh, we're really excited uh, for uh, the fall here. Uh, we're going to start with our Halifax game with a new broadcast. 
uh, we're uh, with um, we're, we've rebranded uh, the the RSN to be Sportsnet Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, um, and and without Nesson support, that's something we couldn't pick, up, uh, pick off. So three really big lists this summer uh, that we the team here in about ninety days pulled off: new hockey operations leadership, a brand new. Uh, basically a brand new arena and a brand new television station uh, that we're really excited at for puck drop uh, here uh, for the Pens to be back on the ice. And Taylor, if you will, uh, let me pop in here with Kevin. How easy is it going to be for fans to be able to watch the season if they had AT&T Sportnet, Sports Network the year before? Well, it'll be seamless. So we're, we're in effect going to be rebranding the existing network that we have uh, still in conversations uh, with the Pirates about their future, but you know, obviously our season starting, theirs is ending. Uh, so we're we put a lot of hard work uh, into it, uh, and and having more um, control over that network, so to speak, is, is very exciting for us. So look at we're going to have new content, um, a lot of new exciting, some changes. Again, you, you've seen the news about you know moving the broadcast around. Um, you know, we have some changes on the radio side as well. So. Um, it, it again for us, it, it's a better way for us to connect to our fan base. Um, we still have the highest ratings in the league. Um, we're looking to expand into our markets. I spent some time yesterday down in West Virginia. Actually, we are the NHL hockey team of the state of West Virginia. It's something we're proud of. We're going to be doing more there in Eastern Ohio and also out uh, across the state of Pennsylvania. So, uh, very exciting times for the team. Um, you know, the, the ownership change that we had uh what people don't see is behind the scenes you have a team uh you know led in boston uh with the ownership of the red sox the the penguins and liverpool and and what that means for us is we have a whole team of folks working at the edge of sports you know leading the charge to make the league more diverse you know to improve the game and to have that support of of ssg the family sports group supporting the penguins has been immeasurable from everything from how we sell tickets to how we connect the fan base obviously using data to make better decisions here on and off the ice um so uh the team's really gelling you know i'm now entering my sixth season here with the club my second uh season at, at the helm here on the business side as president of the business ops uh there's new energy here like there hasn't been since i've been here and those who come before me, it's been a while uh, since we had this excitement uh, for this season. A lot of high expectations uh, riding here uh, on the team to perform well this year. Just a little fired up, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, going going back to the arena improvements, what can you tell us about these new clubs uh, in the arena? Well, great question. So we, uh, Sweet 66, which of course is named after Mary Lemieux, uh, who was my hero, uh, also still a, a part owner of the team, um, and, and obviously, we wouldn't be here today uh, talking about hockey in Pittsburgh without Mario. Uh, he really carried the team on his back uh, as our owner, and he hired me to come in. And so I had the benefit of, you know, being with the team before the change. And you know, we're still uh, obviously very thankful. Um, so uh, to Mario and what he's done for the team and for the city. Uh, and so Sweet Sixty Six, for those who know, uh, was was existing. Um, previously, it's right outside the locker room, right next to the hallway where the players walk to go to the bench. Uh, we've improved that. We've built two new suites next to it. And so fans uh, will be able to come down and see um, the players get ready for the game, the, the in-game uh, between the periods, the interviews. Uh, and then the seats are right next to the bench out in the bowl. And so that's one new improvement we did. There's also a big room at the double attack zone at one of the end zones that was, we called it chair storage because that's where we store chairs. Um, <laughs> Perfectly again, applicable. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. walked in it's right, that's right <laughs> next to the visiting locker room. It was a, a huge room that, again, I, I asked the question, can't we store chairs somewhere else? Because this would be a great club. And so we built a brand new club called the Casamigos Club as a huge bar. Uh, you'll see that was one of the, my, I said, we need to make the bar as big as we can just so people aren't waiting in lines. Uh, so think about, it's a kind of a combination. Uh, if you think it, at, at Acrisure, you have your, your the field clubs, um, very similar to that, or the home plate club the Pirates have. It's the first time we've done something like that here at PPG Paints. It's all inclusive. Uh, so you buy a ticket and it has you know, your food and beverage included uh, with access to, the, to uh, section 109, which is in the corner of the double attack zone. 
but it's also exciting for concerts. It's right on the, the event level floor. You come in, you grab a beer, you can go out and watch, you know, Barry Manilow, whoever you guys are, are, are really big into. Right. We're big a, Mar- Barry Manilow. I'm a Rage Against the Machine yes. guy. So for me, those those seats are right next to the stage. You can really get into it. But and, and that's something that we're trying to do differently. You know, we're a hockey team, but we're trying to be more, you know, dri- driving concerts to come to Pittsburgh, you know, because PPG Paints has more events uh, than the other two venues combined. Uh, and so it's important for us to, to generate activity here to put money back into the coffers of the, the taxing bodies as well as restaurants and, 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 and hotels downtown. So that's something we take very seriously here, not only win a Stanley Cup, but to be part of the growth uh, of the city. And that's something, you know, bringing more concerts brings more activity and better quality of life to Pittsburgh. In order to attract more concerts, you need to have more premium spaces in our arena. Uh, and so that's that's a lot of why we made those investments. All in, it's a $30 million facelift uh, that we gave to, uh, to PPG Paints this summer. We're really excited to show you guys uh, when we open uh, for Puck Drop here later this month. Two Are there any others before we get back into that? Uh, favorite Rage song and also who would you want to see there the most at PPG? So great question. Yes. Favorite <laughs> rage, rage song, which has made its appearance on many uh, um, uh, karaoke stages over the years is, is Killing in the Name. Uh, it's, you know, I'm kind of a closet anarchist sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But uh, in fact, when the band was here, let me show you real quick. Um, they played PPG Paints uh, late last year and they left me uh, a guitar pick uh, with a um, with an anarchist symbol on front and then with a note on the back. So this is one of my prized possessions that I got <laughs> from the band when they when they came to Pittsburgh. Um, and then who would I most like to see here? Yeah. Springsteen. Uh, we had two shows this week mm-hmm. that were pushed back. Uh, really excited to host. Uh, we're looking for a date, you know, probably next year at this point. But um, yeah, for me, it's uh, old school hip hop is another. I'm kind of a, a mishmash of, uh, you know, when you're from South Oakland, you, that's where I, I grew up. You, you're kind of thrown into the mix. So I have a lot of different uh influences let's say and in, in, in not only how i grew up and how i work but but some of my musical uh, uh background as well oh I'm we're gonna the, get there but yeah. tea. <laughs> I, I, i'm seeing the jonas brothers <laughs> there in, in about 10 days so little little different taste but uh are there any other arena improvements in the works or maybe on your wish list i know the thing that stands out to me is the vegas gold uh seats <laughs> Yeah, so I, I asked the question: What would it cost to replace them? It's it, no no surprise; it's it's expensive. Uh, as you've appropriately, you know, in 2016, you know that first cup we finished as Vegas Vegas gold. We changed back to the traditional gold, which you see kind of behind me here with this penguin on the wall. Um, it's in the works. It's probably not going to happen this season, but that's something that we're looking to do. Uh, we're always looking to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, PPG Paints built, you know, now. 12 going on its 13th year. Um, it's still, we think, one of the best venues uh, in uh, in sports. It's something that when the Fenway leadership came here and we walked them around the arena, there's just so much space here. There's so much that we could do. So uh, I, I think you could look for more premium spaces uh, in the arena. You know, during the pandemic, we took advantage. We changed out a lot of this technology, the point of sale systems, kind of the behind the scenes things that fans don't see but do impact fan experience uh basically if it improves the fan experiences and makes people want to come back here we're going to look at it and um it, you know that's something that that we're intent of uh, but we're going to let the market absorb these investments that we made here in this off season uh but, but certainly want to do more uh, going forward kevin you talk about the fans and the fan engagement uh what are ticket sales looking like this upcoming season that you've seen so far so um, last year was obviously a disappointing year for us as a team um, with uh, the first time in 16 years not making the playoffs and coming down to the final couple games. So that was something that, you know, our ownership group, our fan base, uh, we care about one thing and that's winning. Uh, we yeah. care about, you know, bringing a cup back to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, all of our decisions here we make in, in, from hiring Kyle uh, to everybody, you know, the, some of the trades that he made, it, obviously Car- Carlson come in, which we're very excited about, uh, are about winning. And, and that's something that, that we're here to do. Um, 
and so, uh, you know, for us, um, you know, this season, you know, really excited. The guys have been on the ice already up in, up in Cranberry. Uh, the involuntary practices, I'm sure you've seen. We've not had the attendance like we've had this season and prior seasons. I think everybody's in town. Everyone's excited uh, to come back this season. Um, so, um, what was your question again? Sorry, I, I missed you there. <laughs> first of all, uh, can I double down now, please, yes. since you didn't yes. answer it? Okay, first of all, uh, what are ticket sales like? Ticket sales. Okay, let me, let me, and then also, you did bring up yeah. the first non-sellout. I want to know what yeah. that felt like. So let me go back. So last year, disappointing season off the ice, but uh, sorry, disappointing season on the ice, but off the ice, the fan base is resilient. You know, we have the best fans in sports. Uh, and, you know, again, we we lead the league in, in attendance. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, lead the league in in uh, TV ratings. Uh, but our ticket sales uh, have been strong. You know, all teams across various sports, you know, the season ticket holder base um, has declined over years. You know, people are busy. I know I used to be a season ticket holder here even before I became part of the team. I had three kids playing hockey. I was traveling all over the country, sometimes to Canada. I wasn't able to use those tickets. So we've actually opened up and, and responded to uh, the fans. We've broken up. We have many plans, many sales. Uh, our renewals are, are re in really great shape. Uh, we have a lot more tickets available for individual sales games. And, and, and But, uh, you know, we expect this season to have another successful year uh, with ticket sales. Now, I will tell you, uh, since the Carlson trade now, what, about a month ago, uh, we've seen an uptick. Uh, we had some people, you know, that first week, uh, Eric came to town. I was hosting a meeting with a lot of our owners and we brought him into the meeting uh, and I flashed on the screen just the bump uh, from that news. And I think people were waiting to see, um, you know, are we committed? Obviously, we kept the core together with 87, 71, 58 all coming back. That was something that we worked hard in the prior offseason to make sure happen. Now we're building around that that core and bringing people here who, who want to win, who can contribute. Uh, and, and obviously Carlson and, and some of the other moves that Kyle and coach have made uh, are, are meant to do that. So I think the fan base knows when they think of the Penguins, they think we're here to win. We're here to obviously support the community. And, and certainly all of our decisions that have been made leading up to the season are all about putting the best team on the ice. And uh, again, the energy here is, is so exciting. Um, and uh, folks are, are getting ready for, uh, for the season to start. Yeah. Uh, changing what can you share with us, though, the most dramatic moment of keeping those core veterans together? Uh, just give yeah. us something. Give us something fun. What was the most dramatic moment of making sure? I, I think that for that me, uh, um, so, you know, obviously my role here is to support the team as president of business operations. Uh, under the prior, you know, when we had Berkey and Hextall, you know, um, with us, um, that's when we were looking at renewing and extending uh, Tanger's contract. We were obviously uh, talking uh, to Gino. Um, getting close to those decisions last year, I mean, obviously, um, I can remember the draft up in Montreal. Uh, that morning was, we didn't have uh, Chris Letang's contract done yet. Um, it was close. And I remember coming down for breakfast and we had invited him. Obviously, we're in his home city for the draft. We had wanted uh, Chris to come with his son to be there that night and, and to, to hand the jersey over uh, to our first draft pick. But we didn't have his deal done. Uh, we ended up getting that done that morning. Uh, and then we quickly turned uh, to getting uh, Gino done. It, I think it was important to everybody. Uh, to keep that core together and, and kudos to, to in, in none of that gets done, uh, of course, uh, without our captain. Um, I, I think everybody knows how important he is, you know, um, and if you've spent any time with Sid, as I know you've done, he, he's just a special human being. And, you know, I, I've been able to, you know, travel with him and see how other players react to him. There's he has such a presence. There's just such an authentic connection. I mean, some of the, the pictures here from Vegas just the last couple of days 
of him being in the room with Bedard. I, I saw a picture the other day of him and Tom Wilson. I always wanted to jump in and throw a punch. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was a goon growing up. I mean, I, I led the league in penalty minutes when I played at Central Catholic. So I had this instinct. Mike DeFabo found that for you. So. Yeah. So, so that, that was my role. Coach would say, Ako, make a friend with number seven. And I'd go skate around until I can go after number seven or whoever the target was. Uh, we don't play that kind of hockey anymore. And I don't, I don't, uh, I, that's not what I stand for. But the point is, you know, these are guys who have been together. They're still obviously older than they've been, but they're elite athletes. You know, we're still intent on winning. Uh, and um, for me, it was kind of getting down to the wire, making sure that those contracts were done. Um, the following week, if you remember, I, I was in D.C., for league meetings and it was the night before uh the first day of free agency and i was calling and saying you know where are we on gino where are we done and we finally got it done um what i'll say now with kyle coming in um open transparent collaborative um very hard working um obviously is very well respected in the league uh the trades that he's been able to pull off this summer it's wizardry. I, I, I have to say it. I had a when I first got a sense right before we announced it of the Carlson trade. I kind of had a headache trying to figure out how he got all that done. And, and you know, then we ended up getting all that done and then uh, lowering our salary cap, uh, which is pretty pretty incredible. But you know, he's built a team. You know, we've kept some of the folks there. Obviously, uh, Sauce and others. Uh, you know, uh, Eric Heasley. Uh, as a core part of the team, Amanda Kessel got a promotion here. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're really excited. I, I haven't seen the coaches, the players, hockey oper operations leadership, as well as the business side, just firing on all cylinders. And that's something that we've been doing here in the last couple of months. Uh, and the goal here, of, of course, is to have that, you know, pay off, uh, you know, once puck drops here. A few Changing. Weeks. Changing gears a little bit, um, the Professional Women's Hockey League is starting yeah. to play in January. Six inaugural teams. Pittsburgh isn't one of them. There are three U.S. markets. Were, were yeah. there discussions with the league to bring a team to Pittsburgh, and how did that play out? So, great question. So, we, um, we've we long been involved in uh, wanting to be a leader in sports, uh, in particular the NHL, for pushing for women's hockey. Um, you know, we it's on the wall here, but I have uh, a um, – uh, a, uh, it's on the, Can the you show us? yeah, here, I'll pull it down real quick. Hold on. Let's go. <laughs> so this is, Oh, you're taking it down. Okay. So, <laughs> you're not playing around. You're like, I want the people to see this. <laughs> this hangs on the wall. So this is the rivalry rematch that, uh, last March, uh, that we put together, uh, where the Canadian, uh, Olympic gold winners, played uh, the silver gold uh, medal winners from the uh, from the American team. Uh, this is signed uh, for me by all the players that were here. Uh, so I treasure it. It hangs right next to me here in the office. And, um, you know, when we first started engaging, uh, you had obviously the, the male teams didn't travel for the for the Olympics last year. Uh, the, the, the women's team did. And um, they're incredible athletes. And, and, and obviously, you know, Amanda is somebody that we hired to come in to the organization. You know, we, we met her. Obviously, we knew Phil, uh, but we met her separately on her own, uh, spent some time in New York, recruited her to come to Pittsburgh. Um, and that was a little bit of our, we planted a flag in saying, you know, we want to be a league leader for supporting the growth of women's hockey. We obviously do it on the ground already. Uh, with girls hockey, our Penn's Elite program, you know, we've grown the sport, uh, the women's sport here. But, um, you know, previously we heard a lot of concerns about the prior women's league that they didn't feel like they were being treated like professionals. So we created this game last March uh, to, to bring them to town. Uh, you know, we flew everybody in, we put them up in hotels, we paid them, you know, we opened it up to the fan base. It was magic. And the, the Canadian team all showed up with their Canadian tuxedos on. Uh, we had a Pens game the night before. Uh, it's funny. I had two suites and we we had hoped that they would mix up. The The Canadian women went in the one suite. The American women went in the other suite. <laughs> the only thing that they were doing, this was the night before they played, and they were shooting fireball. They were doing shots of fireball. <laughs> And I was like, don't you guys have a game tomorrow? And and, and the answer was, we're hockey players. So um, <laughs> they're fine. They're hockey players. Which was great. Yeah. But, 
but the but it was more than that. The next day, when they were playing, and it was a Saturday, and it was a snowstorm, and I remember in March, Sid made sure that all of our players were there. Um, all the Penguins showed up and in, into the party suite. They were all there. They were watching the game. They were there to support. Uh, and so, to your question, you know, obviously Billie Jean King got involved. They acquired the league. You had these two leagues out there that were fighting each other. Now they're together. Um, you know, we didn't have an opportunity to be part of that conversation uh, for for the inaugural six teams, but certainly we've we've expressed our interests. Uh, we want to be part of growing the game. Uh, you know, as I said publicly before, you know, we've been privileged as the male sport. We have a 50 year head start. Um, you know, women were held back previously, you know, not being paid equally, not having the same access to ice and to play the game. And that's the only reason why there's a difference. And so uh, if you look at um, the ratings uh, that, that, that this, uh, these players had back during the Olympics, some of the highest ratings ever, you know, watching, uh, watching sports. So our hope is that we continue to grow the sport uh, on the women's side. And certainly one day we, we hope to land a, a franchise here in Pittsburgh. And I already have a team working on it. So um, we'll hopefully have that opportunity. We're going to hope this league will get off the ground and, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully we'll land uh, a, a team here in the future. Kev, we want to get to uh, you growing up in Pittsburgh and yeah. get up, uh, get into you bringing Yammer Yager into Pittsburgh. Um, but I know we only have a few minutes left. Just very quickly, yep. um, how important will it be to have women's hockey in Pittsburgh? And also, how quickly could it possibly happen with the moves you guys are working on? Yeah, we've expressed our interest. Um, again, the six teams that were there, that was all part of the deal to put the league together. Um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. It was on the Board of Governors agenda at our last NHL meeting. Uh, again, we've made it clear that we want to be one of the clubs that makes sure that as it grows, it does so together with us. And so, um, um, and there's local interest. Um, we had the Pittsburgh pennies, uh, which was the, the club from the seventies. We brought all the women back. It was this magical day, almost like, um, a league of their own. It felt like they were all coming back and they were telling stories to us as to how they got involved. And, and this is in the seventies, right? Where, you know, women were just finally getting equal rights after battling for decades. Uh, and to have these women share their stories, they were the true pioneers uh, to lead the game. So, again, uh, we're working on it. I don't have any deadline or date yet, but it's something that we actively want to pursue here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, bringing things back, you are in Pittsburgh and your hometown. <laughs> yeah, and so you also great. brought back Yager again, coming back to that. But yeah. how good does it feel to be doing a job of this caliber in your hometown? It's incredible. I mean, a lot of us who work here for this organization, um, and we have people here from all over, but um, for those of us who grew up rooting for this team, who saw the highs and lows of the team, uh, I, I just we just elevated uh, Jen Bolano uh, Ridgely, who I know you both know well to be our chief communications officer reporting to me and to Kyle. So we, we have her and she talked about growing up in Newcastle and how she started with a team 16 years ago. Uh, I never envisioned that one day I'd be working for the Penguins, much less be the president of business ops. But certainly, um, you know, I became a fan uh, in 1984 when, when Mary Lemieux came to Pittsburgh. I snuck into a lot of games. I grew up uh, on Parkview Avenue in South Oakland. Most of your ushers who were at the Civic Arena uh, originally were ushers from Forbes Field going into Oakland. So you had uh, a lot of ushers uh, from my neighborhood, who, which meant that I never had to pay for a game. I went to a lot of games at the Civic Arena, uh, sneaking through the, the back door uh, like a lot of hoodlums uh, like myself. The statute of limitations, that's up, right? That's, that's oh, passed. I think. It's funny. My, I, think, my, I think you're good. <laughs> my first lunch with Mario, I told him, I, told him, I said, I, I, I've no, I, I've no, didn't surprise me that the team went bankrupt in 1999 because no one ever paid. Like <laughs> a lot of us just got in the game. Everybody knew somebody. So, but that's the, that's kind of the, the history of this franchise and it, it emulates the, the resilience of the city. You know, I, I think about when I talk about what it means to run this organization uh, you know, I go back to growing up in Oakland at a time, you know, when the mills closed and we had 30, 30% uh, unemployment 
A lot of people lost their jobs. People left the city uh, in in the late seventies and early eighties. And it, you know, but for the Steelers and the Pirates and the Penguins, you know, that's when we became a sports town. You know, the Steelers were winning Super Bowls. The Pirates won their last World Series in seventy nine, and the city economy collapsed. And so, you know, we sports became part of the DNA of the city. And and you know, our job here is not only you know t- to win on the ice. It's to be a part of this city because we wouldn't be anything without Pittsburgh. And so I think that even though our ownership group, again, comes from another city in Boston, we have a lot of similarities. They understand that they're owners, they're stewards. That was the first word I heard John Henry use, that we're a steward of this franchise. They understand the rich history, the connection that we have uh, to this city and to our fan base. Uh, and so that's something that we carry with us every day uh, that, you know, we're here to win, but we're here to, to positively impact the city, to work with our partners, to grow their business uh, and, and to make Pittsburgh, you know, everything it can be. And uh, certainly our relationships with the Pirates, the Steelers, a lot of what we do here is, is trying to, to help advance our, our, our great city. And growing up here. Uh, you grew up down the street from a pretty legendary quarterback from this yep. area, Dan Marino, yep. and he kind of like sold you down the river at an event uh, talking about when you were much younger. Yeah. Just so you guys know, Kevin Acklin, much younger than Dan Marino. He wants he wants everyone to know that, right? Uh, <laughs> not, not as good looking, but definitely a much younger. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Danny Marino. Central Catholic class of 76, I believe. I was class of 94, so we have a little bit of time apart. But as a young kid, um, he was across the street about six doors down. I remember when he got drafted uh, to the Dolphins, and I know because his first deal was with Isotoner Gloves uh, and Brooks Shoes, and he went around to every kid on the, on the street. Again, it, w- it, wasn't, it was a hard scrabble neighborhood at a time. Mom raises by herself. I'm in the middle of three boys. Um, and we had that connection with the Marino family. His dad drove a pa- paper truck. Uh, just a wonderful guy. He, he likes to tell a story uh, that when I was a kid, um, that he, he said, yeah, he, he, so the, the Marinos lived on the high side of the street where you had to like, walk up steps and we were on the other side. And one day he's up on, on his porch and uh, somebody, some kid wearing only cowboy boots and nothing else is flying down the middle of uh, Parkview Avenue on a big wheel. And of course that was me uh, <laughs> back when I was about six years old. So uh, he, he's told that story several times and, and it's, it's a, it's a good one, but, uh, but again, you know, seeing your hero and your heroes, I mean, that's something that's special to this town where, you know, we're not a, a we're a city that you can rally people into a room, uh, all the decision makers and do great things. And certainly, uh, my last job as chief of staff to the mayor, it was which at the time was my dream job. Um, now I have another dream job here, uh, helping the steward uh, the future of the, uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's something I don't take for granted. Every day I walk into this building. Kevin Acklin, thank you so much. Maybe we can get Iceberg to kind of slide down naked and. Cowboy boots. I, I think that would be all right. Like, you know, to his railing slide. I think Iceberg presently is naked. Uh, <laughs> I think so, I too. Know. Yeah. Not, we just need the cowboy boots. If you have a minute, I want to talk. Can we have a little bit of, about Yager? Oh, uh, we, we're going. So, yeah, we're taking a break in the Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kevin Ackland, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of podcast on Fifth Ave. Julianne Pelosi with Taylor Haas and Kevin Ackland, thanks so much for joining us. We can't t- wait to talk with you about Yammer Yager and bringing him back to Pittsburgh next week. Thanks for joining us all. Thank you, guys. 